What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. This week, I am starting the show off different because it is a insanely special, special episode of the Verzi Effect. Uh, I am down here in uh, Tampa, Florida, with uh, a guest that is... Uh, it's amazing that uh, I got him on the show, and I'm so thrilled about it. You guys know that I've had actors and I've had comedians, but now I finally have an athlete on the show, uh, and I love to do my sports segment on the show. I know some of you love it too. Others want me to go on to the unacceptables and all that, but on this episode, I have none other than the crime dog himself, Fred McGriff, uh, former Brave, Ray, Cub, Padre, amazing career, um, just, it's going to be an amazing show, we're going to talk baseball, we're going to talk a little boxing, we're going to just, we're just, I'm just going to shoot the shit with Fred McGriff, I can't even believe I'm saying that, I'm sitting down here in Tampa, it's going to be an amazing show, uh, I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to let you guys hear this, uh, but first, as always, the Verzi Effect has to shout out the sponsors, and, uh, my favorite new sponsor, Chassis for Men, everybody. That's right, you guys have heard me ranting and raving about Chassis for Men because my, was it undercarriage? I don't know, I don't know, whatever it is, however you call a man's down there, mine has never been uh, in better shape. That's right, uh, and my wife appreciates that. It is a fine, fine, amazing powder that you put down, I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it this time, on your balls. It's a ball powder. That's what it is, and it's insanely dry, and it's insanely safe. There's no aluminum, parabens, talc, nothing bad, no menthol. This is an all-natural product that goes down there, and it will make you feel dry and incredible. It's, uh, it'll keep you from odor and chafing and all of that awful stuff that you don't want. It's incredible. They also have an extreme cream. They have the uh, premium powder. And they have the uh, five-in-one shower primer. It just softens the hair. It makes you fresh, smell good, and it is probably one of the best products that I've ever used after a shower. And that's why they are a sponsor because I was not going to use something, especially that I put on my balls. Think about that. Like I'm not going to put something on my balls, right, that doesn't work and then talk about it. Like, I'm just not going to do that because now I got irritated, awful balls, and I'm not going to just take the money and do that. That's not the type of person I am. No, my balls are fresh and happy, and so am I. And that's why I talk about chassis for men. And people are coming at me because of this product saying that the way that I talk about it, they love it. And I actually had somebody, I'm not even making this up, had a fan call and say, Paul, thank you for shouting out chassis because my balls have never been fresher. So there you have it, fellas. Are you going to walk around with not the freshest balls possible when there's a product that can make them that? Then that's on you, okay? You're the one that has to sleep at night, not me, okay? Because I'm sleeping at night with fresh, soft, smelling good balls, and you are half-stepping. So that's on you, and whoever you're with has to deal with it. Because I use chassis for men, man care for down there. And as I said last time, everybody, the ball game is over. They did it. They did it. Okay, so uh, there you go. Uh, that's it. I'm going to get into this amazing, amazing interview with uh, the one and only Fred McGriff, who, by the way, hit a, I'm going to talk to him about this, too. He hit a home run at Yankee Stadium that I think is still going. Um, and uh, awesome. So uh, enjoy it. Sit back, relax. Thrilled to have you guys for this installment of a very special week of the Verzi Effect podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, July 12, 2017, 
and you guys are listening to a very special uh, episode 316. Uh, now, look, I've had amazing people on my show. I've been doing this comedy podcast coming up on seven years. I've had actors. I've had comedians. But today is 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 a showstopper. Uh, I have somebody that is one of, I, in my opinion, one of the greatest baseball players ever. Uh, wish he played for my beloved New York Yankees, because I know what he did when he got to that stadium. But ladies and gentlemen, special, special guest, Fred McGriff, the crime dog himself, is on the Verzi Effect. Thank you so much for being here, sir. Very good. Paul, oh, it's a pleasure to be here. But let me first start by saying okay. Right. okay. Paul, you got to do your homework, all right? Because you're sitting here, and you got a Yankees hat on, okay? <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't have much love for the Yankees. You know, you know what I mean? So, I know. I know. So that's that's arch enemy number one. So is that arch? Is that number one for you? Yeah. Really? Because you know, in 1996, we played the Yankees in the World Series. Yes. You know, and and you were beating us up the first yes, two games. First two games, I hit a couple of home runs. I mean, I was rolling, dude. You know, I mean, Mark Wallace threw that. You and Andrew Jones, right? Yep. Andrew Jones was, was like 18. Was he like 18 he was years a young old? Kid. And he hit. But you guys beat us like 11 one. In one we of those, rolling. and then game three in Atlanta, you know, because we're going back to Atlanta. Like, yes, we'd have won the first two games in New York. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, and then it was a play down in right field that people forget, but the umpire got in the way of uh, uh, Jermaine Dye, who later played for yeah. the Chicago White. Yeah, Sox. I remember him. Yeah, it was a foul ball hit. The umpire got in the way. The ball dropped for a foul it was a foul ball it was Jeter hitting next hit he he gets a bloop singer or something like that but anyway long story short Jim Lyrich ends up hitting a home run I remember that late in the game yeah that changed the whole series when Lyrich hit that home run they beat us four straight yes so it ain't too much love right now you don't know that that little NY hat you got on so let me ask you a question in in all the time you were were in the league because I know you you played for the Cubs you played for the Padres I know you played for uh, Tampa and, and you're from down here was there ever a time Ever a time where there were ever talks with the GM from the Yankees, or like, was there ever a time where you didn't know maybe I will end up in pinstripes or no? Uh, yeah, it was a while. Well, think about it. See, originally, I was drafted by the Yankees. I was drafted out of high school, and um, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say what year, but no, 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 <laughs> by the Yankees, nineteen eighty one, by the Yankees. And so I played two years of rookie ball, and then my, uh. my first year of rookie ball, it was a guy named Billy Williams who the Yankees drafted first, right? That same year, okay. I was drafted in ninth round. He was drafted in the first round. So of course, first round pick. Yeah. He's going to play all the time. So he played all the time my first year. Yeah. I probably got 70 or 80 at-bats. I'm not even sure it's been so long ago. Yeah. So he played. So the next year, I repeated um, rookie ball again okay. down in Bradenton, Florida, and so all forth. Right. And then I killed the uh, Blue Jays. You know, that season, the short season, 60 games. I killed the Blue Jays. They ended up trading for me. Yeah. They traded for me. Oh, okay. So that's how I became a um, Blue Jay, ended up getting to the big leagues of the Blue Jays. So you got to have a little love for the Yankees for drafting you, right? right. Little, little, because... <laughs> I mean, it gave you a shot, right? Yeah, special. My coaches were Joe, Joe Pepitone and Mickey Vernon back oh. in the day, and they were awesome. Oh, okay. You know, so he taught me how to play the game. A guy named Ed Napoleon, I still tell people today... This guy just every morning he was like, "Hey Fred, let's go get our ground balls." He would take a fungal bat, stand at shortstop, take a fungal bat, and hit me one hoppers at first base and wanted me to pick make pick the balls out of dirt and everything. And so this guy just he was awesome to me. Yeah. Took his own on his own. Like, okay, Fred, we are gonna work at first base and da da da. And so oh, those man. two coaches were awesome. 
Um, so I was, I, I did some homework on you. I, I was actually watched you. I was watched you hit bombs, you know, and uh, big time too. Like even when the announcer would go, your first at bat was it your first at bat in Atlanta. When they said "Welcome to Atlanta," you went to center field. I remember that. That was crazy. But you hit a you hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. I was saying to somebody, you Griffey and Bonds were the only people that reached a part. I'm sure you remember the. Oh, yeah. no you hit one. Not only was it in the upper deck, it was the second part of the upper deck. And I'm going. And I'm thinking to myself because I saw Bonds his first game at Yankee Stadium, and he hit it on a Friday night foul. But it was the highest thing I've ever seen. And then Saturday I didn't go, and he he got one fair. You hit one up there. I was just like, that was crazy. Do you know who that picture was? Yeah, uh, Dave LaPointe. Yeah, okay. That, <laughs> of course you no, did. Dave LaPointe was maybe the second night, but the first night was Rick Roden. Like Rick okay, Roden. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing about that, I see Rick Roden here and there from golf tournaments. Yeah. Like, yeah, kind of, <laughs> you got me on that one. <laughs> but it was awesome because at the time, I'm just breaking into the league. Yeah. Okay, now you go to New York. The Big Apple. You know, yeah. Whatever you do in New York is like huge. Yeah. So I hit, I hit that home run up in the upper deck. And it was on Monday Night Baseball. Yeah. And so everybody across the country, they, they saw it, you know. And, and, and for me, it was, it, inside me, it was like, okay, Fred, you can play this game. You know, you can play up in the big leagues. You can Wow. You can handle this. And so it was awesome. Did you did you guys feel like, or is this just is this just kind of like a B, BS mystique? Or when you guys showed up to Yankee Stadium, was it like, did some, was there a little extra thing going on in the clubhouse? Like when you guys were like, this is, this is Yankee Stadium? Or to you, it was just business as, is that just me being a Yankee fan thinking that it's some special thing? Or did players go in there like that? I mean, I know the Red Sox did just because of the rivalry. But did you guys have that or not really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's your first time going in there. Yeah, yeah. The first time special. And for me, um, I, I grew up here in Tampa, Florida. Born and raised here in Tampa, down south. So back in the day, you know, um, we stayed uh, down in Manhattan. There was a team hotel was in Manhattan. So now you're driving from Manhattan to, you got to the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Go to Stinkin' Stadium, right? <laughs> yeah. And here I am, being from Florida. Like, <laughs> man, like they've already talked. They always, always told me about the Bronx, but wow. Yeah. Man, I'm like, if, if, for people, for kids to make it out of the Bronx, yeah, it's like awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you make it out of the Bronx, yeah, <laughs> life is breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, it's <laughs> only up. Um, no, so we drove through, driving through the Bronx, and then finally you're getting into Yankee Stadium and all the history and mystique and. The great Yankees team. I mean, you can argue that Yankees may be the greatest franchise ever as far as, you know, the world championships and stuff like that. So to walk in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's, that's got to be, that's got to be, like, when you hit that home run there and you're rounding the bases, uh, yeah, yeah. you got to be like, I just did that at Yankee Stadium. And you know all the fans. The thing about New York fans is they, they'll, they appreciate it. Although I'll say They're this. They're very knowledgeable. What's that? Yankee fan is very knowledgeable. Yeah. The, the one thing about New York fans I'll say is, it, and it bothers me. It bothers me about New York fans is New York fans, as much as I love them, I'm a New York fan. They want because I think the winning with the Yankees, they want a lot and they want a lot. Like Patrick Ewing was not appreciated by the New York Yankee fans until he, I mean, by the New York Knicks fans until he retired. And that that's still, and he knows it because when he came there, he said when his banner came down, he said, you know, you guys didn't appreciate me. You didn't know what you had, and I didn't know what I had. And it's like because I think he never got one, and that kills me because I'm a, I mean, I'm a diehard Knicks. I'm a Knicks, you know, Giants, Yankees, and just growing up oh, in New York. Man, if you're a Knicks fan, what's going on now? It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah, they're bad. It's bad. It's bad. And Phil just, you know, Phil got out of there, and you know, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like being a Knicks fan right now is like I feel like I know what. 
Jet and and Met fans go through. Like that's my problem child. Like I got three kids. The Yankees, they always, you know, the Yankees are the Yankees, the Giants are the Giants. The Knicks, the Knicks are my um are my problem child. But I wanted to ask you because this is, you know, I know you you hear all kinds of stupid things about numbers and shit. I don't want to ask that. I want to ask you some fun stuff. What's the funniest thing? What's the funniest thing a catcher ever said to you when you were in the box? Do you have any idea? Like, I know there must be some some funny things, but there's got to be something where, like, there's a funny catcher or he just say something that makes you want to smile. Or were they all, or, or was none of them like that? No, the best will go down is, uh, I guess I'll say it, and Mike Heat. You know, he, okay. Mike, but Mike Heat grew up over in um, Brandon, you know, not far, not far outside of Tampa. But anyway, um, he went to Hillsborough High School and I went to Jefferson. And he was a great player and everything. And he had been up in the big leagues for a while. But I used to kill the Detroit Tigers. I mean, every time I faced them, <laughs> I, I would just kill them, right? <laughs> so he was catching. And he's like, man, we just can't get you out. So I'm just going to tell you what's coming. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, so he'd be like, oh, that's great. Fastball. You know, <laughs> like that. And I'm thinking, okay, I know he's joking with me. You know, I don't know him for a whole lot of years. So he's just joking, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, they, they threw, he threw a fastball for he real. He threw a fastball. Oh, my God. That's great. Um, and the other thing, somebody was like, what do they talk about first base? At first base, when the guy when the guy gets there, you guys have some, you guys just talk about, hey, what's going on? How you doing? How's the family? Is oh, that, no question. That's, no question. that's just, okay. Yeah. To me, baseball is more of a fraternity. You know, you, you, you have no love for the pitchers because you got to face those guys um, right. every single night on the mound. So you yeah. don't have no love for them. But for the, the position players, they come to first, and it's like, what's up, dude? Where's a good place to go golfing at? Let's, yeah. You know, here yeah, and yeah. there. Okay. Thing. And the best is, the, what the worst really is the umpires. Because, you, you know, each series, a team has, you know, you got the four umpires on the field, okay? And they stink and rotate, you know, every night. So the guy that's umpiring first tonight, he's going to be at, he's going to be behind the plate tomorrow. And so oh, okay, so yeah. Rotate. So now... You yeah. over there talking to this umpire the night before and like, what's up, man? How's your family? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. How's life? And then, yeah, the, blah, blah. Next, the next night, he's he's behind home plate. <laughs> and now those close pictures, tree. You know, like, like, what happened about yesterday? Dude, last night we were just talking, dude. Oh, that's great. We were tight, dude. You can't get on them. Um, you said something about pictures. I just watched this documentary. You probably saw it. I just watched it recently. I watched Fastball. You see Fastball? Oh, uh, Fastball is a documentary out right now, and it—I think it came out. They made it before um, because some people that aren't aren't around anymore were in it. But it was basically about how the fastball just has evolved, and and now, but now it's capped off because now it's like the human body can only get so much. So they were talking about like in uh, in track, Jesse Owens, when Jesse Owens ran at like in the Olympics, that was like high school to now, and then now Usain Bolt. It's just like the, the the comparison's crazy. But they're talking about how the fastball, so you got to roll this Chapman, 105.1. Then they said that they tried back then to clock Walter Johnson. They tried to clock, uh, they clocked Nolan Ryan and all these people. And it was just fascinating on how Goose Gossage, they were talking about how like batters know it's coming. And he would just hit, come up to them and then they would be like, and then the next one would come Randy Johnson with Crook in that, in that All-Star no, game. Um, so I guess two questions is... Uh, Nastiest fastball you ever seen, but who's the best? Who's the who's the best? Who's the most difficult pitcher you ever faced as far as just stuff like where you knew when you got in the box it was going to be a battle and you were kind of like this is going to be really really tough. Well, I tell you right now, first off, when I think I think radar guns are wrong nowadays because nowadays they throwing hundred miles an hour. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you know you're yeah, sitting yeah. at home and you're like, man, I don't know what I would do, dude. <laughs> Chapman throwing hundred miles an hour, really? Yeah. It's crazy because back when I was coming up, it was 95, 96. 
every blue moon somebody will throw 100 miles an hour but nowadays every time the reliever comes in yeah. oh 101 you yeah know, 99 and i'm like are you crazy this is crazy and this it, is ridiculous and it makes you but, wonder if like you're trying to because when you see like 103 because yeah. you're seeing 103 105 yeah. makes you think if i agree with you like that's kind of yeah. something's fishy yeah i think some of those radar guns they're a little off and they want to i think maybe for the fans i think so like, i think okay so. let's let's Make make this gun a little faster or something like that. But Tony Gwynn, rest his soul, he said. Tony Gwynn said he goes when I played, he goes two guys through ninety nine. <laughs> he said something like he said, but now it's like now every every bullpen has a every bullpen has has a guy that can throw come in and do that. It's unbelievable, Paul. Put it this way, okay. If I ask you why you stopped playing baseball, what would you tell me? If I ask you why I stopped, why you stopped playing baseball? Uh. Cause I got old, I got hurt. Okay, but more most people, most people, the average person to tell you it was a curveball in high school, or they got hit with a ball, or something like that. So oh, I see what you're saying. Fear plays a big old part. So in baseball, the pitcher that is, has a smooth windup and all this and that, he gets hit. But it's that guy who's effectively wild, the funky windup. Yeah. Those are the guys that win ball games because you go up to hit. And like you take friends with Randy Johnson, okay. yeah. Randy Johnson to me he was the toughest. Yeah. Because I was a left-handed hitter, and he's left-handed. Okay, and he has a slider. He's he's standing like six ten, and he's like right on top of you. And yeah. He has a slider that's breaking away from you, and all my life, um, you see more right-handed pitchers than you see left-handed pitchers. So I'm always used to the ball coming into me and everything. So now you're facing the lefty, and the ball's going away, and your mind, your brain is telling you. Okay, Fred, don't let this dude hit you, you know, in the head. You yeah. Know, not tonight. You're not going to the hospital tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, hey, 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 but you know you're on TV. So now you're like, okay, you got everybody watching. You can't, you can't, you can't yeah. play like you're scared. So a lot of yeah. times when guys are hitting, they're a little scared. They're scared. But they don't want to say it, right? So they don't want to, you know, you can't go, oh, yeah, I'm scared. Then everybody yeah. be all over you, right? So, yeah. so you face Randy Johnson, you're like, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to strike out four times tonight. You know, if I can just, I got to put this ball in play. Some kind of way. So, like, you put it in play, yeah. and if you hit a ground ball to the second baseman, you're laughing. You know, going out, running down the first base, you're laughing. Like, yeah, I made a contact. That's good for me. You know, I just keep yeah. running hard. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody watching, yeah, right? You yeah. just, you know. And in your mind, you're like, whoo, that can. Yeah. Well, Goose Gossage said, he goes, when I got there, when I came in, he goes, I'd look at the batter, and he goes, and I'm just saying, I'm glad I'm not him right now. That's what he said. He goes, because I'm, I'm coming, I'm throwing, and, uh, like that, I tell people, excuse me, I tell, like, Nolan Ryan. I used to laugh because Nolan Ryan, he'll be on the mound, and before he throws that first pitch, he will walk between the grass and, um, and home plate. He will walk in the grass, right? And so basically, he's telling other, the team, like, he's telling those guys, don't try to bun on me. Don't bun on me. You is know, that real? Is that you know, oh, stuff yeah. like that? Or if you got a hit, <laughs> Nolan's staring you down at first base. He's staring guys. He's staring down. Oh, guys so people, his fear's base. a big part of this. Oh, no, gosh, time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, guys are faking. Like I always laugh. Like <laughs> if I was commissioner for the day, for a day, you know what I do? I take all that arm guard off, guys. I take that elbow guard guard off, the shin guard yeah. off. I take all that all stuff that protection. Off. Yeah, yeah, because these guys, you know, they got all this arm guard off. They got they got everything. All right, and they try to play all tough. Like look at me, I'm yeah. real tough. Then man, take this guard off. Let me see how tough you are with this old arm guard. Yeah, they get right on top yeah. of the plate. Like come on. Yeah. Throw it in there. Yeah, because you know you got a little yeah. pad. All you're going to do is take one off the pad and run down the first base. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I'm a tough guy. If you're really a tough guy, take it off. Dude. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I'm sitting here with uh, Fred McGriff, the crime dog on the Verzi effect. This is this is amazing, man. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Um, you know, big home runs, uh, 
big time first baseman, amazing numbers. Um, now, out of all, all the clubhouses you were in, you you were because you finished in you finished in Tampa. In Tampa, you finished in Tampa. Okay, but you were where did you where were you like? Did you feel like you were the most comfortable? Like the uh, longer like? Well, I'm, I don't I'm want, I don't want you to I'm piss most, people off. No, I'm most comfortable when I win a lot of ball games. Yeah, when so you're you winning, yeah. So Atlanta, because we used to win all the time. Ninety five. You won a world. You, yep. you won a World Series in ninety five. And then ninety five. Lost in ninety six. So I had good teammates. I had good. It's yeah. a beautiful thing when you got good teammates. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you and you had a lot of amazing pitchers. Yeah. I mean, you had. Yeah, uh, had Deion Sanders. You know, yeah, Deion was yeah. awesome. Hey. Oh, uh, that's right. Gavin and Maddox and Smoltz. Yeah, but Deion was awesome. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Deion. Yeah. Deion's a funny cat. Played a Yankee. He played. He played for the Yankees. Yeah. Played for the Reds. Right? Didn't you play for the Cincinnati yeah, Reds? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he played for the Reds. Yeah, that's, un- that's unbelievable. Did you have, were you a multi? Were you a multi-sport guy? No, just growing, growing up here in Tampa, um, I think because most of the teams back in the day used to have spring training in Florida. You grew up wanting to um, play baseball. Our Little League programs were very successful. Belmont hates Little League. They've been to the Little League World Series a couple of years. and um, Yeah. I, had a, I, I, played, I grew up, played over in West Tampa Little League. We had some good... Uh, Teams, but we couldn't beat Belmont Heights. You know, Belmont Heights was like Gary Sheffield, Dwight Gooden, all those guys. Oh, so you played against them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Sheffield's from Tampa? Yeah, t- yeah. Gooden, Sheffield. Oh. Uh, the Yankee great Tino Martinez and Dave, Dave Magadan, the Mets. Um, oh, yeah. All those guys are from Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs? Oh, yeah, yeah because he finished. Guys. Wade Boggs played for the Rays, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All those guys are here. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, there's a lot of. Yeah, because. Yeah. They were talking about how Aaron Judge was a wide receiver, kind of like Dave Winfield, like what Dave Winfield could go get drafted by three three teams. Hey, I got a great Aaron Judge story. Oh, okay. let's. So I was doing some work with the uh, the Blue Jays back then, and so I went to uh, the, the MLB draft the year dra- the year he got drafted, right? And so you know they they try to invite kids to go to um, Sakaka's to the MLB Network. For, okay. For the draft, right? And so it was only like six or seven guys. Okay, and so I'm there, and the draft starts, and I'm hearing all these different names, and I'm seeing this big old boy, you know, just sit there in the dugout, if I recall, I think he had his parents there, whatever, Yeah. and I'm seeing this big old guy there, you know, big, giant, you know, six, 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 seven, guy, <laughs> whatever, and teams are drafting, you know, he's getting around to like the 20th pick, and stuff like that, and he's still just... Over there, because by now he's almost like the last one in there. Because usually, yeah, um, those other kids that they've gone by, they've been drafted, and so he's just over there sitting and sitting. And I'm saying to myself, "How in the world these teams are passing on this yeah. thinking kid?" Yes, yeah. <laughs> you can work with somebody like that. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, and the whole thing with, with Judge is, uh, you know, you see a kid like that, and it's like, man, if I can just get him to cut down on the strikeouts, I got a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, can do it. I just saw these teams passing just, just on, passing on. And yeah, then finally, I think twenty fifth or twenty sixth pick or something the Yankees um, drafted him. Uh, yeah. That's a great story. I got that's amazing. That's amazing. And you know that, that I think I have a theory. This is my theory. If you notice a lot of people well, now listen, there are some greats that go early. But Aaron Rodgers, right? Tom Brady, sixth round. Aaron Rodgers supposed to be early pick. He went with 28, just sitting there in the green room with his mom, getting humiliated with the camera on him. Says he thinks about that when he goes out to play for the Packers now. I think a lot of guys that when that happens, 
they're like, I think it, I think they, they don't get lazy, and I think that money doesn't change because I think guys get changed with money. I think sometimes, not not always, but I mean, in, in the NBA, you could see it. Guy gets a contract, and you're like, he's comfortable now. He's got his last seven years where he wants to be. But I feel like these guys, like Judge, is a nice guy, quiet guy. But you can see because they ask him, they go, "You can play wide receiver. You were a great wide receiver." They said you were great at basketball. Why'd you choose baseball? You know what his answer was? His answer was the chess match between the pitcher and the batter was something that I really liked. And so the fact that all these teams went past him, like you just said, I think when he goes in there now, I've I've been to a couple games this year, and what they do is, one thing I noticed about him, first pitch strike, he's in trouble. But when I know the first pitch strike. This is, listen, I'm not. You're you're a you're a scout, which I wanted to ask you about too. But I notice when I watch him now because he's got he's got 30 home runs. He's batting 330. He's got 66 RBIs at the break, which is crazy. But I sit. I notice when he goes when the pitcher goes outside the first couple and they kind of dance around him. That's when he does damage. But the pitcher that goes right at him, the pitcher that goes right at him and gets him 0-1. I think that that's when that's when I know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just something hey, I. Maybe you should be a scout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, you're, you're no, doing. No, but I agree. But one thing what I see with Judge is that I think because like I looked at his numbers the other day, so he has 109 strikeouts. Yeah. Okay. So pitchers keep challenging because they're like. Dude, I know he has 30 home runs, but he also got 109 strikeouts. So I know if I make my pitches, I can strike him out. So that's right. why they, they still just keeps challenging and challenging because sometimes you're like, come on, dude, you know, don't yeah. let this guy, you know, beat you. Right. Um, why, why are kids not is, – is it the speed of the game that kids aren't getting into baseball as much? Is it because when you see – is it because when you see, like, Odell Beckham, you know – running around, catching balls with one hand, and it's just fast. Or the NBA is, you know, alley-oop dunk and LeBron running down. Is, and is that what – do you think – because they say kids are seeing that. And then you watch a baseball game, which could go four hours, and the pitcher, you know, talking to the catcher and spitting and walking around, and you're sitting there sometimes falling asleep. Is that is that what it is, or, or what, what do you no, think it is? No, let's be real, Paul. Okay. And so you were – you got some young kids right now, but what you will yeah. experience, okay, when your son starts playing travel ball. Yeah. Okay. Travel ball gonna cost two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, <laughs> or whatever. That's for real. All right. Okay. Yeah. And so everybody can't afford to pay twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars, so their son can play. Gotcha. On um, these travel ball teams, because nowadays it's all gone. AAU, the perfect game. You know, USA Baseball. It's all gone that way. And so you gotta have some money if your kids money, yeah. wanna play. It. And if not. And it's like, because with basketball, you take basketball, find me a goal somewhere. If just one kid has a basketball, we can go play. If we find us a court with a rim, net, no net, whatever, we can play. Yeah. Baseball, you got to go try to find, you know, three or four of the guys, five of the guys. It's hard, yeah. You got to have a glove, a bat. Ball. Gotta get. You gotta find the field that, that's vacant. You gotta do all that. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Cause my, you know, but my son now he's like he's in, he's in because I think and I do think that you need the new crop of guys. Cause you know the Yankees had the the, the core four right, had um, Posada, Jeter, Mariano, Mariano was. Mm-hmm. You face Mariano? Mm-hmm. How that that man to me I've never seen in my life. I've never seen somebody robotic. He was almost like putting it in a pitching machine. How great to me it was like uh, watching him come out. I just it was just amazing. He was just amazing. He just he just the mechanics was flawless. And it's funny because you'd see him in the you see him in the bullpen trying to show the guys how to throw the cutter. Yeah. And I just think his body and his mechanics was made for that pitch because other guys tried throwing it like him and it didn't do. 
I remember this. Okay, um, Rivera first he started as a starting pitcher at first, and then yeah. they then they put him in the bullpen. And that one pitch is an awesome pitch. That cutter, it's a great pitch. And when you really start breaking down hitting, okay, you got less than one second to decide if you're gonna swing or not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so crazy. the cutter, it looks it looks like it's gonna be right down the middle of the plate, and so your brain tells you to get ready to swing in one spot. And then it cuts back into you, being left-handed, it cuts back into you. So now, if you hit it good, you're going to get jammed. If you keep it fair, you're going to get jammed. If you hit it good, it's going to go foul. So it's a great pitch going. But the thing about it, Rivera, he was just a, he just came in for one inning. You just saw him for one inning. Right. But nowadays, you got starting pitchers who try to throw cutters and stuff like that. And like you said, it ain't the same. No. And if I get to see, if I get to see that cutter over and over for two or three at-bats, you know, he he gonna leave some balls over the plate, but Rivera coming in for just one in, he would just blow guys away. That's what okay. And then one thing the Red Sox started the Red Sox started hitting him because they start instead of pitching hitting left handed hitters against him, they would throw, they would pinch hit right handed hitters against him, and that kind of helped a little bit. And the Red Sox uh yeah got a hold of him a few times, but he's awesome. I'll uh I'll tell you a story that I'm ashamed of. I'm ashamed of this story, but I have to tell you I have to because I'm just I gotta I'm sitting here for, I gotta do it. I performed in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, I was uh, opening up for for the great Bill Burr, one of the best comics out there. I was opening for him and, and uh, the people from Fenway Park and the top people from Fenway Park. So why don't you guys come? They came to the show. They came back. So why don't you guys come to Fenway? There's gonna be nobody there. You just you just have your do you go up on the monster, do everything. <laughs> so I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm like you know the people were so nice. Yeah. So I'm like I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it. So I go there and they're just showing us. And I'm walking. And I'm seeing how small, <laughs> actually seeing how small the field. I, like I couldn't believe. Like on TV, it's just because that was one play. You know, I always go to Yankee Stadium, but that was like really like, no foul, no foul territory. Right. You know, so it was right there. And I'm walking and I'm just doing it. I'm going to the clubhouse and they take us inside and they start seeing trophy cases. Now I start getting a little, you know. Now I start to feel the Yankees. I start to feel my loyalty. <laughs> and I see three World Series trophies and there was three of us. And she goes, oh, great. I mean, and here's my problem. I'm too nice of a guy, so I can't, so, and she was being so hospitable. So I, that's how I grew up. If you treat me nice, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, so she's going, oh, great. You know what? We'll take the, we'll take the trophies out. You guys take up, there's three trophies and three of you. And I'm going like, oh, man, like I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I'm, so, so luckily they, they, they hand one, the one that they came back on us, 04, oh, 03. They, they hand that to my friend, thank God. Mm-hmm. Then they hand another one. <laughs> the one they handed to me was one where the Yankees didn't even make the playoffs, okay. so it wasn't really okay. that bad. And I took the picture, and I just said to my friend, you got it. He goes, I can't believe you did that. I go, she was too nice. Like I didn't like smile, like, oh, look, but it was still. So I said, you have to delete that. And still to this day, I have to tell that story just to let people know I'm a Yankee <laughs> fan. I always call myself out on it, but it hurts. And also, you know what got me? I think baseball has killed... That rivalry is still it's still a good rivalry. Yes. But back in the day when they only played like um, twelve times a year, yeah, or whatever, it was great, you know. And now they play nineteen times a year. They play so many times. Every time you look around, it's Yankees against Red Sox, Yankees against Red yeah, Sox, yeah. and they they've killed it a little bit because it, it was a great rivalry. Now it's kind of like. I think when they okay. got us, yeah, I don't think it's there anymore. I think yeah. the rivalry was taken away once they kind of got us because we had that from them. 
like those 1918 chants, and we had that. And then once they, we would, I mean, that was that was tough. And we were up 3-0, and then they came back four in a row, and we just ran out of days. Um, this is amazing. I'm sitting here, Versus the Effect podcast with the crime dog himself, Fred McGriff. Uh, I'm going to talk about what brought us what brought us here together. Uh, Chassis for men, this uh, unbelievable uh, powder, man care for down there. Uh which was weird as a grown man saying that the first time I did it, but it's a great company. I used the product, and you did a uh, you did a video with Kenny Maine for them, which is like a, almost like a parody of your old school Tom Amansky thing. Which, by the way, as great as that was, I didn't know you, but that interrupted so many. They, they played that thing on ESPN every. That you do people still ever talk about that with oh, you? Yeah, all the time. I mean, because this, this is like automatic every single night. <laughs> every night. Every night. Um, like for me, I'm warming up, getting ready for a game, and so usually um, I get up, get dressed, or whatever. But I got to go into the training room, yeah, either stretching, get worked on, or something like that, getting ready for a game. And so I'm on the training table, and every <laughs> single time, you know, here come on ESPN, here come that sticking commercial, you know, and here come all the guys. You know. Oh, they bust your chops. Yeah. yeah. So oh. I'm like, all right, I tell the trainers like, all right, let's wrap it up. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they played that a ton, but then I, mean, I saw the one you did with Chassis for uh, Kenny Maine, and that was is how great of a guy is Kenny Maine? Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, to a certain extent, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Seattle yeah. guy, right? Yeah, he was in New York, but I, I really, that's where I um, originally met him up up in New York. Oh, okay. So, but I mean, I'm telling you, Chassis is guaranteed to get results. You know, if you if you use it properly. <laughs> I tell people, I tell people, I said, look, I said, this is, this product is amazing. And I got so passionate about the product that people, fans, stand-up fans who bought my album were like, man, the way you talked about it, like, I had to, I had to try it. Like, I've never been this fresh before. And I was like, it's a weird thing, but it's, it's an amazing product. And uh, I thought the video that you did was great. I, people, people definitely, uh, definitely have to see that. Thank you so much for being here. But I want to ask you one question. McGregor. Floyd Mayweather Jr., will you waste your time slash money to watch that fight? Or You want an honest answer? Yeah, yeah. No, you ain't watching no, it. No, watch no, no, no. You ain't going to watch it. Yeah. You know what they get? You know what boxing does? Boxing gets you with the pro. No, listen. I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm not. But listen, there's just something about the spectacle where it's like, because I get into arguments with people. They're like, I'm not wasting my money on that. You know what it is. But then I'm like, I'm going, why? It's fun. Like why not? Listen, I know. Listen, they're gonna charge a hundred dollars. I heard. I, I heard Floyd's making two twenty, two hundred and twenty million dollars for it. I think McGregor's gonna clear a hundred for it. So they're gonna make over three hundred million dollars for it. That's but, like I was watching the highlights on TV this morning, and then they had a little promo for the upcoming fight and everything. And I'm telling myself, I know these two are just getting ready to get into it yeah. on TV because they gotta promote this. They gotta yeah. promote the fight. Yeah. And so. Oh, words of words are being spoken right here. You know, they're talking about each other. Yeah, know? yeah. They're about the saying this and everything. And I'm like, I knew it. Yeah, you know they're friends. You know they called each other and said, let's do this. But I think I actually lied to myself. I said it was a waste. I'm watching it. Now, I'm, yeah, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. Like, why? I look at it like this. Why not? It's fun. It's America. Why not? Just, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to probably be pissed I spent a, 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 a hundo on it. You know, whatever it's going to be. Hey, that's like watching Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, it was the worst, dude. You know, you pay for his fights and everything. Oh, remember what he did? 30 seconds to the fight. Knockout. You know, I performed so, where yeah. Spink, where he knocks, so where he knocks Spinks out in 91 seconds. Remember that whole big thing? I think Trump was the promoter. 
Yeah, that, <laughs> he was like the thing came down and it was like at, at Caesars and it was 91 seconds. I got to I got to perform in that room and it's just like this bowl of like six thousand and we were in um, Arturo Gotti, rest his soul. He we were in his so they named the dressing room the Arturo Gotti dressing room and that was our green room. But it was really cool and I'm just thinking to myself the hype for that fight. And that's why boxing is. Do you watch? Are you a boxing guy yeah, or no? Watch. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, MMA is taking over me. Do you watch MMA? You yeah, watch UFC? Yeah. Because because the best guys fight the best guys. It's there's an event every two months, every month and a half, and fight boxing is just boxing is corrupt. And yeah, I don't. I, I wish. I wish. Now I'm I'm a Floyd guy. So I want to bring back Butterbean. Remember? Um, Butterbean. Yeah, Butterbean was that, awesome, that, that, dude. That was the big dude yeah, who just swung for the. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I want to see, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do you think now? Do you think that Mayweather would have been able to fare well against um, against Hearns, against Hagler, against against Durant? You think his speed would have, or do you think? Because we got into we got into a big argument. A bunch of comedians. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story. We're sitting at the steakhouse at the at the Mirage in Vegas, and I'm going. You guys give this guy no. So it's, uh, comedians, and you got to understand, comedians. We, we it's a lot of arguing because that's almost how we show love. It's just. You know, busting each other's chops and everything. So I, they were like, Floyd's, Floyd, Floyd couldn't. He would, and then my friends like, Hagler would get him in the corner and destroy him. And the other was like, Thomas Hearns, those guys from thing. And I go, wait, 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 wait a minute though. I go, you guys are acting like this man's four. And at the time he was like forty-seven and zero. And uh, his that little dip he does, you can't hit him. His defense is unbelievable. He's one of the fastest boxers of all time. I think Thomas Hearns said it would go the distance. Hagler said he beat him up. But I think I think Floyd is that fast and that technically good that I think he could hang with those guys. I don't think it's fair to say he would get beat up. You know, did you watch any of those guys? Yeah, but, you know, but like you said, that, that's a tough one because even when it comes to baseball, um, you go back and I'm sure the guys who played in the '60s and '70s they see these guys now pitchers like, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I would have killed you know Kershaw throwing this and that. I would have killed him or, or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's cause we'll never know. Yeah. But you always wonder, like you know. You never is yeah. today's baseball better than you know 30, 40 years ago or well look at the NFL the NFL fastest fastest clock forty yard dash is four two two back then even when Dion and those guys it was like Dion and and Bo and a couple other people would do that and but like a four five back then a guy made a team now a four five you you're not even yeah so it's it's getting it's getting crazier right so you you just don't know so you don't yeah. know if Hearns and those guys could have beat him or not. I mean, um, you can speculate all day long. I mean, it's great, great argument, like you say. But I just think Floyd. I think this is the thing with Floyd with the Pacquiao fight too. Um, Floyd gets a lot of gets a lot of stuff because his it's boring. You know, he be, he wins on points. What he does is he figures you out in the first two rounds, and he cracks the code. And then after he cracks the code, he picks you apart. He doesn't knock people out. He's not entertaining. Everyone's like, what did I just pay for? But technically, when you watch how fast he is and good, and to me, that's cool. Like, to me, I'll watch it because I love the art of it. But I get it. Some people want to watch Some people want to watch people get knocked out. They want to watch because that Pacquiao fight was terrible. And it's similar to, like, Winky Wright, um, who lives over in St. Pete. Like, I beat up on him on the golf course. You know, so he, but he's always talking dollars and everything. So I had to beat up on him. But, Winky, uh, right? Yeah, yeah I, Winky. I saw him in I saw him in a casino he's, playing dice when oh, yeah. uh, Tarver fought uh, yeah. Roy Jones. Yeah. The, the, Tarver the, lives here. Tarver's here too. So those guys he, are awesome. Lot of Good lot thing. of guys down here. This all right. So this is the this is the last thing I want to ask you about. This is one of the biggest, most passionate arguments I get into with a couple of friends. Uh, Pete Rose agreed with me, by the way. <laughs> I say 
and I know you're going to say, Paul, you're a Yankee fan. I say greatest baseball player to ever live, ever live. And just hear me out before, because I can tell already you're going to say no. Babe Ruth, and here's why. Now, my friend's like, that's bo-. he's like, that was a beer league, fat guts, this and that. That guy, here's the thing about, here's my argument with Ruth. Not only did he hit monster home runs, not only did he have unbelievable sight, he could pitch from what I heard. And this is what I heard, so tell me if you, if you heard this too. So then they were like, yeah. But he wasn't playing because uh, it wasn't, it was, it was uh, diverse. It was uh, the Negro League and he wasn't playing. So then I heard that he played 50, had 55 at-bats with the Negro League All-Stars. And I heard he had like 11 home runs or something, or 55 at-bats. I also heard old teammates saying when he played in the outfield, his arm, people couldn't believe it. He pitched. So my thing was this. Greatest ever just because he kind of helped American sports. He helped build, he helped build Yankee Stadium because, you know, it was just after the, you know, the Depression and all that stuff. Pitching, hitting. How many guys could pitch in a World Series? How many guys could pitch in a World Series and then hit a ball 500 feet? Fred, he's got to be the greatest. So my friends are going. Well, one of my friends. So two of us agree with me. Uh, they asked Pete Rose who he thinks is the best. Pete Rose, here's what Pete Rose said. Best pitcher he ever saw? He said, Sandy Koufax. He goes, the ball went like that. That's what he said. He goes, the ball went like that. And then he said, Babe Ruth's greatest ever. And my friends are going, no. It's just like what we're talking about. It's different times. Guys weren't as fast. Guys didn't throw as hard. But according to this documentary, Walter Johnson, they didn't have the, the gun, to, the radar, but he got it up to 100. So in your opinion, I guess we'll close with this. Okay. We'll close with this. I say Ruth of all time as far as overall with what he can do. Who's the greatest ball player you think of all time? And go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We'll do I'm that. I'm going to say, for you, you got to do your homework now. Oh, boy. And I want you to check out Hank Aaron. Oh, Hank Aaron. So, but I put Hank Aaron in top two, three of all time. I really do. Okay. I really do. I think do. if Hank played in New York, yeah. you know, it would be a different story. I think Hank would get so much more. He, he gets a lot of love, but he, get, he would get so much more love. Hank's but when you check out his, his home runs, stolen bases, average... The you, put Hank, you, th- you put Hank? Yes. You think Hank's number one? Yeah. I think, Do you? Yeah, I think personally. What if you just, played at Yankee Stadium? 314? Oh, I might have hit 600. Three five. <laughs> if you played at Yankee Stadium. What about Stadium? the new Yankee Stadium? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a joke. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the power alleys, um, is what, 365 or yeah. something? It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not as, I like sitting. When you sit at the new Yankee Stadium to watch a ball game, I like it. But walking in, it doesn't have what the, what the first one. First one, you know. Um, so when I first started watching baseball, I was in second grade. There was a dance, and my mother didn't let me go to the dance. Right? I didn't, she didn't let me go. I don't know. First of all, what kind of I gotta get? I gotta talk to my mother. Why wasn't I able to go to a dance in second grade? She might have had to do something. So I sat down, and the NLCS was on, and it was 1986, and it was the Mets and the Astros, and this was when the Mets beat the Red Sox in '86 with the you know the Buckner and the Mookie right. Wilson bunt right. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So I remember watching it, and that's all I knew of baseball. So I, like, so imagine you're a kid. The first time you turn on baseball is the NLCS, and you just happen to watch. So I'm going, oh, the Mets, the Mets. So my mother's going, we want to take you to a game, your first baseball game. And my stepfather says, well, you know, if you take him to his first baseball game, you know where you got to take him. And I didn't even know about the Yankees because I just watched the Mets. They go, no, you got to take him to the Yankees stadium. So I'm going, what's the Yankees stadium? You got to go. So I walk in and I go through the, it's all, it's all closed off. You can't, now when you walk in, you see everything when you're getting a hot dog. I kind of don't like that. <laughs> I like when you walk through and then the grass opens up and it's kind of like that's the stage. You know, uh, and, you know, I would equate it to, like, when you go into a theater, you're like, oh, I'm going to see that show there. Now you could get be getting sushi at Yankee Stadium. It's, it's, it's different. But I remember walking in. The Yankees were terrible in the 80s. That was, that was the worst part of their, you know, long, I mean, every decade they had something. The 80s, they didn't. But you know who they had? 
They had Donnie Baseball. They had not, uh, 23. And I remember walking in, and I saw Don Mattingly, and that was it. I saw the green grass. I saw Don <laughs> Mattingly. I saw 23, and that was it. The Mets were no longer in my thought process, and, and that's what did it. This stadium is definitely, it looks nice. Like I said, when you sit down and you watch a game, it's nice. But it's that, that whole walking in is part of it. Yeah, you know? it's, a so, it's a beautiful place. They've yeah. done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank you so much. I don't think either of us knew what we were walking into here. Uh, Chassis brought us together. It's an amazing product. The video that you guys did is awesome, and uh, we got to have to share that for sure. Thank you so oh, much. Awesome, you are, you're the best, man. You are the best. Appreciate thank you so much for being here. This is uh, TVE with the Crime Dog, Fred McGriff, uh, episode 316. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, everybody, that is the show. Uh, thank you so much to my amazing guest, uh, Fred McGriff, uh, the crime dog. It was so cool to uh, sit here and, and talk with Fred like that. Um, so that's it for the show. And please do not forget to check out uh, Fred and Kenny Main's parody of the Tom Amansky video from years ago, which is about Chassis. And uh, it's hilarious. You guys could check it out on my Twitter um, I'm going to have it all on my social media so you guys could check out that video. Uh, it's uh, such a cool uh, chassis commercial with, again, Kenny Main and Fred McGriff. So please check that out. And uh, until next time, I am out of here. Take care.